Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. And welcome to Church Talk Live. We are so glad to be here. Um, husband, first of all, you are not showing up. You are a black screen. And That's all right, just for the are, record, so are you. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I can see myself. And, and I'm laughing because, because you said um, live from our studio in Columbia. But like at the moment, we have two studios, apparently, because we have your office in my office. Uh, we no longer have a studio. But well, well, we still have a studio. It's just filled with boxes of books from the the last time we did the, um, the when we actually canceled doing church talk. The last time again is when we had our disaster of a an event of our sewer backing up into our into our studio, and Everywhere we still have to go back together. So this works anyway. Hey, welcome to Church Talk. We're glad you're here with us today. We're we've a little bit divested there or diverted, whatever. It's 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 the way Church Talk kind of works. Lively conversation between a, two church geeks. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We are talking today about uh, how to leave ministry or when to leave ministry, when to quit, when to walk away from your church, or you know, one of the things I thought, Chris, we we really didn't say we'd talk about, but. How do you know when it's time to wash your hands of ministry and say, I'm done. I've had enough gutful. I'm, I quit. Um, so uh, you've done a lot of work in this. And so I'm going to let you kind of take lead, but I'll be happy to interrupt you and um, point out the errors of your ways as the case may be. <laughs> so, hey, here we go. Chris. You know that we could move from talking to arguing, but guess what? We love each other. We've been together for our 32 years now, not quite married. Oh my gosh, we'll be married 32 years, and this is just how we talk to each other. So hopefully we won't make you uncomfortable. Stick with but, us. But if you do get but if you do get over it, because that's how we are. <laughs> but maybe not. Okay, so anyways, I have done a lot of work with this. And uh, a few years ago, I came up with something that I call the six D's, as in dogs, the six D's of leaving ministry. Why? Before you get there, tell your story. How, how you, you're not just a church consultant and a coach. You got here, and, and because of the way or the positions you've had in, in ministry, you, you've been a senior pastor, you have been an associate pastor, you've been a church planter, but you also had the opportunity to serve denominationally. And that's really where this comes from. And it just be helpful to kind of share that story with folks. So they're kind of on board with where we are because we don't share our story very much. Our story. So I'm not exactly sure where you're going. So you may do a corrective here, but I, I, I'm wondering if I've worked with, yeah, I've worked with well over a hundred or hundreds. I've worked with hundreds of ministers. And this question continually will come up. Is it time for me to leave? Is it not time for me to leave? I've had conversations about it is time for you to leave. Um, you know, one of the two of the D's are disability and death. Uh, those are two ways we leave ministry. And there are people I've watched die or become disabled uh, or, or diseased, you know, just really, really sick because they haven't known when it's time for them to leave. Is that what you're talking about? It's just my experience. Experience with that or my own personal experience? 
none of the above. It was like, tell us how you came to all this because you have a story. The story is moving from church planting into denominational work and working with churches as a denomination leader, coaching pastors, um, the doing cho- coaching and training and counseling and therapy with with well, not really therapy, but all that. It it's it's less your pedigree and more about who you are as a um, or how you got here and how you came up with this because that's an important story. Anyway, I've already, I've, I've essentially told it now, so um, we'll, we'll work on your story stuff later. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the, the truth is, I went we went really from just being what I call golden children in Georgia, our you know where we came into ministry and where we did ministry, but we were part time, and we were looking for a full time call, and so we went to uh, Kansas called to Kansas and quite honestly went to a church that was absolute hell. We were there for 26 months and uh, the fighting, the bickering, the positioning, and I had no clue how to, how to handle that. Uh, really that level of conflict was beyond me. And I didn't even realize what I'd stepped into. You're we didn't have coaches at that point. I mean, we, we'd never heard of coaches at that point or consultants or people come alongside us and help us. That, that, that came at the end of this particular call when we were like kind of desperate, like, what are we going to do? And we found Bill Eason. Right, exactly. So, I mean, while, while I'm there, the, uh, two of the greatest opportunities that came out there was one, attending a workshop, a, a week-long workshop, mini course on uh, conflict in the rural church, <laughs> which I, you know, I began to learn uh, about family systems uh, approaches to looking at churches and whatnot. And then I knew I had to gird myself spiritually and I discovered the Wichita Spiritual Life Center got my first spiritual, you know, uh, intentional spiritual director, um, and, and then went on to get my own certification as a, um, as a spiritual director. So, uh, so that was great. And it was in that place that we were able to discern, we knew we needed to leave, we wanted to leave, but we, you know, I don't know that we were totally clear that it was okay to leave or it was time to leave. Uh, and then um, well, we had a gutful, so we left. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'd been advised when I became a Christian, the church I was in, I wasn't, you know, a minister, but the ministers really did um, coach me and counsel me and, and, you know, raised me, my initial raising into church. And I remember, I mean, that was a really conflicted church as well. Lots of conflict there and conflicted. And, um, and the last minister was there. He called me chief and he said, Hey chief, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I've been here for seven years and there's been all kinds of stuff that's gone on over those seven years. And I just know that we've been working on this, working this and doing what I believe the Lord is asking us to do. Uh, and I can't leave that. And he said, but you know, the Lord also said that if you go to a house, there isn't peace, you know, and basically people aren't willing to do the Lord's work, then kick the dust off, off, you know, the soles of your feet, your shoes. And, and that was, I mean, really life-saving and life-changing for me. I knew, spoken through Yule Hardman, hey, Yule's shout out out there, um, that it was time for me to go. And I walked from that really awful church, when you, you know, think about it in retrospect, well, I kind of then into a really great church position as a youth and children director in a very large church 
that, you know, let me just really fly. So anyways, you know, then we were, we knew it was time to leave, but also there in, um, uh, there in Kansas, we did get to know uh, Bill Easum and we really met him because he was looking for 20 ministers who would start churches um, using a, a, um, a, was a small group, like a mega church model beginning with, with uh, meta church, meta church model. Right, a meta church model. I couldn't get it out. I knew start with an M, and so he he came in as a co uh, a coach, a consultant, and really stood by us. And we realized our calling wasn't to rural ministry. Our calling wasn't to small churches. Our calling was to church planting in that place and time. And so we went on to and moved to Seattle after twenty six long months, and went there and started a church. We were bivocate. I was bivocational. The time came and y'all just know that doing um, church together, this is a whole other conversation, can kill your marriage. I mean, we almost didn't survive. And um, and it was absolute hell, and um, for me at least, and I had to step out. So I out of the ministry there with our church plant, and that's when I went on on staff as um, a denominational uh, minister, associate regional minister there in um, in what was Northern Idaho, uh, uh, Alaska, and, and all of Washington state. Um, and from there was called to go into a senior pastor position. I really wanted to go there. It was a church with a lot of promise, wanted, wanted to grow, and we did amazing. Said they work. wanted to grow. Said they wanted to grow. They, they wanted to grow. And we did, we doubled. And, and at, at Christmas, I was there for four years at Christmas that year, we were at triple in number on, on Christmas, right? So we went from 100 to 200 uh, average worship, and we did over 300 that Christmas Eve service in two services. But the pushback was so horrendous. And what I learned about the congregation, the grief, the betrayal by by ministers, the um, just, they had fired every minister except for the the planter and me in the course of just under 50 years. And we tried to do all of this work. And I finally was able to say, I my gift is in growing churches, not conflict. And so, um, and, and, uh, and grief, doing grief with churches. And so we've got to get clear about who we are and what we're doing. And, you know, I'm not even going to tell you what we did. That's, again, if you want to know, contact me because I can coach you and consult you through that. Um, but so we did those processes and it became very clear that I could not use my gifts, that I could not do, that I, we were at that crossroads where we weren't going to do what I called for. I was called to do, and I didn't have the gifts for moving forward, and so I stepped out, um, finished up my doctorate, and uh, and and knew I wanted to go back into denominational ministry because I wanted to hurt help hurt help churches, some churches for oh, ministers probably. Right, you know what I'm kidding around. No, anyways, um. And, and came here to, you know, Missouri and did amazing ministry for, uh, for nine years. I mean, amazing ministry, but we had, there was a larger, wider shift in how, how we were connected to, uh, to our region. And we did away with, um, all the offices like mine to become, uh, part of a, joint unified region. And again, I knew it was time for me to step out because the ministry I had been called to do where my gifts were best used were not in that setting. 
and it was time for me to go. And it's, yeah. and it's during from, from the beginning back with uh, the Lakewood Church all the way through church planting and denominational ministry and working with so many pastors um, across the, the, the years that you came up with what you call the five D's, the five D's of departure. Uh, it's it's yeah. leaving, you know, when, when, when and how do you leave the ministry? And that's really, thank you for the story that helps us to, you know, I think it helps people to know us or you anyway, and, um, and, and that you, you've come through this by, by experience. Um, yeah. as well as research. And so so share with us the five Ds and then we really do want to co focus on two of them. Yeah, okay, wait. So it's actually six Ds, but I love that departure, the six Ds, the six Ds of departure. It really is about departure. So thank you for coining that term. That's awesome, better than leaving because it sticks with the whole whole D part. And, and let me say too, that, that being able to say, you know, this last ministry, it's time for me to step out, um, did come and, and with much gratitude to ministers and churches that I've worked with over, you know, what was that, uh, 25 years, I guess, at that point, um, I don't know, almost 30 years. Okay, here are the six, the six Ds of departure. The first is you would leave your a ministry because um, by design, I really do uh, understand that we have our gifts and skills. I was reading um, the beginning of Romans uh, in the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, and it talks about some of us are encouragers, some of us, you know, are, are meant to preach and whatnot, and that gets picked up in um, uh, uh, Ephesians as well. And I thought, a lot of us are in the wrong ministries, right? If we're encouragers, right? An associate, perhaps um, a chaplain a type of ministry or a, a counseling kind of ministry, not as a senior pastor. Um, or, not, or, or not as a not as a church growth pastor. Not as a church growth pastor, right? So, so the key in ministry and to, to moving into the right ministry is to know your gifts, know what uh, you know how God is calling you to use those gifts, and that's where you step into to the ministries. It's you go there by design. You know, knowing myself now at, at Bellevue Christian, I would have said. Okay, I am here, you know, I'm here to help you double the ministry. I'm here to help you go to, you know, triple, go to four or five hundred. I'm not here to do that. And then when we got to four or five hundred, then I would have stepped out because it was time for somebody else to come in and take them to next size. And I would go somewhere else to do that ministry again. So, right. So I, I want to, yeah. And I just, we have a, a perfect example. Uh, Jim Griffith was our um, church plant assessor. And he was a fabulous church planter. Now, when most of us think of church planters, we think of the Craig Rochelles and others who went down, they started church and grew it, and they you know, uh, founded it, took it forever. Uh, Kyle Armonium with us is another example. Started in the living room, took it to 1200 in Little Hayes, Kansas. Uh, but, but Jim knew that he had this gift to get things started but he did not have the gifts to do things long-term. And so he planted many churches and took them to 70. At which point at 70, he and the congregation would find another planter or another pastor, a founding pastor is what he would he called them, to come in and then take that church 
on past 200. But he knew his gifts, and so he went there by design. He designed his ministry to start churches, hand them off, and move on and go start another one. That's that's a perfect example of design. He came by design. He did what he needed to do, he, and he said, I've done it. Time for me to leave. He left by design. Folks, yeah. you need to leave by design or at least figure out what your design is because there's a lot of us just kind of stumbling around and so really important that you know what you're called there to do and when that ministry is done and it's time by design to move on right again the need for a coach in that and a lot of us are kind of haughty about it right i'm coming in and it's also the way that we teach Right. I mean, that's what we've been taught. You go, you grow a church. Right. And we're taught that in. in yeah. OK, I could go there forever. All right. So then did you want to say something? No, 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 no. Well, I do. But I, but I think it's time for us to move on to the other. Okay. We're not I, yeah, I'm thinking that too. <laughs> OK, but the other the next reason is we lead by decision. Right. We decide it's really time to go. And, and that may be situational. We've got illness ourselves, somebody, you know, our family members ill. We have a need to move to somewhere else. Uh, um, uh, no. To the church to say uh, this unresolvable. Um, we, we've that, that, that the kids have graduated from high school, it's time to move on, or the kids are going into high school coming up soon, and we know that we're not going to be at this church for four years, and for the sake of our children, we find a position where we can be there for sure for four years. Trust me, moving in the middle of high school, not a good idea, Pastor. Messes up with your mess. in their senior year or right oh, before yeah, their yeah. senior year. Been there, done that, got that t-shirt. Pastors, we've never done it. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we've learned, right? We learned. All right. So anyways, we lead by, by we can lead by design, uh, decision. The other, the third is determination. That's when the church decides for you. Now it's also as Methodists, right? It would be, well, it could be the church decides for you or, you know, your Bishop or your DS district superintendent, somebody else decides for you. And we're talking really where you have the option to, you know, to determine your future. But when you don't have the board chair behind you, you don't have your board, they're fighting you tooth and nail. Nobody's got your back. And you could have people who are for you, but they don't have your back. There are, you know, all kinds of, of pieces like that. And basically the church has determined it's time for you to leave. Um, when they ask you to leave, it's determined. When the, when the bishop says you're moving, it's determined. It's it's out of your hands and in somebody else's hands. So because if because if you choose to leave, that's a that's a decision you're making. If they decide for you, that's determination. They said you're out of here. And then you may choose because they determined it was time for you to go, right? Um, right. For whatever reason, either in, either the, the bishop and, again, the Methodist system, um, where where they say, hey, it's time for you to move on to something else, or the, the congregation says, hey, it's time for you to move some, somewhere else. You know, you, you can resign or we can fire you. So Yeah, I mean, a lot of ministers people. try to write it out, and that's what it comes down to. They get fired. So when you get to that place, and again, you really need a coach to work with this with you, to do reflection, to say, hey, you know, possibly and possibly to help you see your options so you can make a decision or, or make a choice. Um, because sometimes because sometimes it's a very small minority that wants you out. They're making a lot of noise, and you'd be better off, the church would be better off if you looked them in the eye and says, I ain't going anywhere. It's time for you to consider. But you better be able to weigh that up and decide. And really, you're too close to it. You need a coach. 
for that. But well, anyway. and let me go back. Let me go back to Yule for a minute. The minister, that last minister there at Lakewood Heights United Methodist in Atlanta. I can say the name of the church because they folded within about five years after Yule starts uh, left. Anyways, um, one of of the things I remember so distinctly was getting a call from the district superintendent that one evening. And we talked, bless him, he talked to me for over an hour and he said, what do you think? You know, what's your read? And so I gave him all of that and I said, please leave Yule here. That he'd only been there a year and he'd made, I mean, we'd made such incredible uh, uh, inroads. We'd grown from 25 to 70, over 70 average worship. You know, all these pieces were there. And this is what Cornelius Henderson said to me. He said, um, Chris, in the end, I'm going to do what's best for Yule and his family. That's that's who I'm watching out first and foremost here. And he moved him. And 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 that is its determination. But it was also a coach, a, a coach kind of situation. And when that time comes, it's time to start allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to, self to step back. And, and you keep hearing me move on with the coach. But again, you, you've got to have that person kind of person with you. OK, so we lead by design. We lead by decision. We lead by determination. If we do not leave. Yeah. OK, I'm going Right, you're doing great. I'm just counting them for you. Go on. <laughs> Four is disability and five is death. And again, I have seen this happen over and over and over again. And um, one year, just here in Missouri, I saw five ministers with prostate cancer. And all of them were or had recently been in, situ in, in churches that had heavy duty conflict and they should have left three of them. I had even advised to leave. Um, they did not. And again, prostate cancer. So you, you understand that ministry, not you, uh, the, our viewers need to understand ministry is high stress anyway, even in the best of times it's high stress. Cause a lot of pressure on the pastor, let's be honest, pastor, you're responsible for hundred percent of everything goes on that church responsible for does not mean responsible to do but you're there to get it done and that that it can be a lot of pressure and add to add to that um unresolved or unresolvable uh conflict yeah. um and other situations maybe low pay or whatever yeah. it takes a physical toll stress causes cancers and heart disease and problems and all the rest of it. so it, what, what what we're saying here is if if you're not careful, ministry will kill you. Yeah, literally. So, yeah, literally. And so, you know, you, there, there, there comes a time where you got to, you know, it's not fish or cut bait. It's uh, pull up the pull up the anchor, pull up the lines and head to shore because it's time for you to leave. So before that time happens, you know, before you die, and I can't tell you how many pastors I know who've died because, right. you, know, you know, and then who or we've got disease, their body says, you won't make a good decision here. We're going to make it for you that you don't want to get to that place. Well, all that crap within us has to, it, it takes from other places, right? I mean, so if you're putting out this energy, when I was there in, in Yates Center in Kansas, I didn't realize until, wait a minute, was it there in Bellevue? It was in Bellevue. 
I didn't realize until I left that I had been waking up every morning with fingernails dug into my hands, that I was sleeping at night with my hands, my fists clenched so hard from all of that stress. When we left Yates Center, I couldn't raise my hands or my arms over my head. You had to help me get dressed in the mornings and in the night to get my, you know, my shirts off because I could not lift that. That's stress and um, pure and simple. So to say to you, if you're, in fact, if you're feeling any of that stuff, if you've got repeated uh, injuries, uh, something's going out, look at your church situation. It may not, it may not be, but give yourself, um, give yourself some leeway or talk with us and we can help you. Okay. So five and number six is done. And done is when you get to retire. And one of our our commitments is helping pastors retire well is to end ministry. Well, not that you ever get to end ministry. It just looks, um, looks different. Yeah, can I interrupt right there? I just want to say I, I'm a Toby Mac fan anyway. But one of my favorite songs uh, that he does is someone asked him, a reporter asked him, you know, when are you going to hang it up? When are you done? And he, he's like, biblically, folks, there is no done. You don't get, you, you, you may get to leave pastoral ministry in terms of senior leadership, ministry, whatnot, but ministry never ends. There is no retirement in scripture, nowhere. And just because we can doesn't mean we should. You know, it, it, the bottom line is, I can't tell you how many lay people say, well, you know, I've done my bit, someone else needs to. It's like, that's, that is not discipleship. That is not Christianity. That is not faithfulness. You haven't been faithful, or maybe you were, but now you're not. Yeah. You get faithful till the day you die, and then you get to rest. But the bottom line is, you know, that you don't, you retire from, and we do, we want you to leave well. We do want you to leave well. But we want you to leave well so that you're moving on to a new ministry. Because yeah. it may not be a professional ministry. It may be a board chair somewhere, or it may be someone who does the welcoming. I think of Dean King, who retired to shake hands with people as they came in. He was just this gregarious guy. Whatever it is, you don't get to quit, folks. You don't get to quit, but you do get to retire. Well, wait, yeah, you're done with that, uh, with congregational ministry in that like preaching ministry or whatever that's, that's been right pulpit ministry, I like to call it. Um, right. And it's knowing when it's time to, you know, step out. I've had pastors say, well, I'll step out when they, you know, I'll retire when they tell me it's time. No, you know, that becomes determination, right? And it's too late at that point, you've already done damage. Right. If someone has to ask to leave, you're you, you're already leaving a wake of damage in the yeah the exactly i always say think about what you're what you're leaving your successors right i used to say oh my gosh the crap if that minister had done this and that minister excuse me and then one day it hit me i was like what kind of crap am i leaving for my successors i'm just right. one in a line right well it goes back to design there and i'm going to come back to to done i want to say another word about that oh my gosh we're running out of time um so is in in talking in terms of um and of design knowing your gifts knowing what you bring then then as a done um you know pu pulpit or congregational lead pastor then uh 
what you know, what your gifts are, how your experience that you had. And the question then becomes, how do I use that? We know that a lot of pastors don't uh, come into done so well because they leave, they leave churches. You know, how many times I've asked a minister, where are you going to church? And well, they don't, they just, you know, they're tired and they got burned out. Okay. Here's the last word I want to say um, about that. C. Robert Clinton, C, letter C, Robert Clinton, Bobby Clinton wrote a book a number of years ago called The Making of a Leader. And he talks about, now I can't remember if it's five or six different sequences uh, or, or places in ministry. And the last one is called Afterglow. I love this because what he says is when you're done in what you would, what gets defined as active ministry, what you get to do is is bask in the afterglow. And that's when you get to see the people that you've raised up in ministry, those ministers that you've walked beside, those, right, the, the this is that discipling. We disciple ministers and help with the, the uh, identifying the call. We watch and we see, then we get to bask in that afterglow of watching them become the leaders that God has, has called them to be. And I love that. That's part of being done is the afterglow. And getting and, and that's a good time for you to begin pouring yourself into the future of the church, yes. mentoring and coaching and coming alongside and encouraging. You know, one of the one of the top ways that pastors or uh, not laity become pastors is because someone had a conversation with them says, you know, I see gifts in you. Have you considered being in ministry? That's why I'm in ministry. Right. Yeah. Because someone said about that. And, and, you know, Charles Crenshaw, um, uh, bless him. And he's, you know, passed away a long time ago who said, let's talk about it, you know? And, um, yeah. And so I want to go back to coaching because you touched on that and, and, and I know gotta go, gotta go, but got I, 10 seconds yeah, <laughs> that you've got to, you've got to coach your people and we're here to help coach you and help hold you accountable and help you grow in your ability to disciple and coach those who are within your congregation. How's that? Goodbye. All right. Hey, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you. Cool.